everybody welcome back to our podcast my name is alex and i'm lizzie and this <laughs> is what is from a podcast dedicated to the epic show from and in this episode we're covering season one episode nine into the woods so miss lizzie yeah. um how are you feeling first off i feel pretty good and i i'm so sorry to you to anyone that's listening i know we are off kilter but i i planned out getting my latest booster shot and i did it on saturday before the fourth of july so that i would be ready to go on the fourth of july so get the shot on saturday about midnight i start feeling the effects of the shot and I think for like the next 36 hours or so, I was just in agony. Oh my goodness. It was terrible. I slept a lot, but it wasn't good sleeping, you know, like I was uncomfortable. Yeah. Then I wake up at 4.43 Monday morning. No, Sunday morning. Sorry. No, Monday morning. I woke up at 4.43 Sunday morning, Monday morning. I was awake for 40 hours. I could not sleep. It oh my god, you you were definitely like our characters when they first arrived from from. Yeah. It it sounds like you either were one of that or you actually fell into a faraway tree and we yeah. don't know where you ended up for a couple of days. But yeah. I I apologize to the listeners, but you know what, at the end of the day, it was a holiday weekend. We were all having our hot dogs and hamburgers and you were, (laughs) well, we were just doing something. Lucy had her, her uh, sparklers and we were just, uh, I was getting yelled at because somebody wouldn't let me watch the season finale yet. So yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know what, what's your wife's name? uh, Lizzie. Lizzie. That's right. Lizzie, my fault, my fault, my most grievous fault. Forgive me. I am so sorry. Um, I don't remember the finale, but I know it's fabulous. So, um, well, she's a pretty forgiving person. I mean, hell, she married me. So we we <laughs> all have our crosses. Right? <laughs> we we all have our crosses to bear. So yeah. uh, hers is our mine, or hers, or hers is mine, or whatever you yeah. want to call it. But that hey, being man, said, lottery. Let's buckle up. And yeah. let's get ready. I know you have some interesting stuff at the end that you want to talk about a um, little bit. A little bit. And what is your what is your thoughts about this episode? It was enthralling. I loved it. I feel like you know we're climbing up a roller coaster every second, and then on the way down, you know just that thrill you get when you go down the 
down the roller coaster, whatever, when it, the car just drops out from underneath you. That's how I feel watching the show. I remember, you know, with The Walking Dead, I knew it was good when I stopped breathing. And there were so many episodes like that. This is, it's kind of like, you know, when you fall in love again, but it's not the same, but it's just as good. I loved it. This episode, it's, it's just, it's so much richer this second time through. And I almost want to say everyone should be doing a podcast um, so that they will take really good notes and pay attention to every little nuance and try to pick out all these little things because it is so rich. It's so rich. What did you think? Doing the notes for this, I must have stopped the Henry Wounds a half a dozen times on some different scenes just so I could get all the good stuff that I wanted to for my notes for the podcast. But I will say this. Um, it's a slow burn in a good way. And, you know, being the penultimate episode, you know, you, you think it's either going to be super great or they might not, you know, want to do anything. And they totally delivered this week. Um, I think that in terms of scariness and the other thing that I loved about it without getting into details, I love how they do check in with everybody. Yeah. I mean, a lot of shows we have, they just don't come back or we don't know where they are. And that's the one thing about this show. They might not check in with everybody every week, but they check in with everybody periodically. And I think they did a great job this episode of checking in just to see where everybody's at. Yeah. But but oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to say something? I was just going to say, like. All right. The way we've been trained is that. Um, Boyd and Sarah go off on their trek and that's what we watch for the next hour. True. And, and that's to your point where they are going between everybody and seeing what they're up to. And, and just, it's like the day is unfolding. And I really like that because it just makes me think that I'm a fly on the wall along for the ride. Right. And and there was a lot to, to get into. So why don't you, since you are the queen of from, yeah. uh, tell us what your first thing is. We're, we're right. not going to call them points because we got a whole bunch of stuff to do today. And I know there's a lot to unpack. So yeah. what is your first uh, topic? I, I, you know what? I think the five points thing has sailed. I know it's the format of a podcastica podcast, but... And I don't you know think what? It's working for us. I'm going to tell you right now. Jason gave us the reins. Yeah. We have the keys to the car. So yeah. sorry, Jason. We're going to yeah. do the best we can to bring it back without a dent. Yeah. Jason, for those that don't know, is the king of the podcast. He's the pod father. Jason podcast is father. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to start with Sarah and Boyd, um, you know, because now they, they've they're in the woods um, and they, we don't even know what they're looking for. They don't know what they're looking for other than the way out of there. And he's following, 
you know, Boyd's just following along, trying to go in the direction he thinks is the best direction to go in and not knowing where they are. Um, what else are you going to do? Right. I mean, I grew up with woods in the backyard and there was the big giant rock that was way out there. And that was always our destination. And until we figured out all the different things, like we would just go in the direction we thought we needed to go to get there. So he's still marking his way. Which I find really fascinating, by the way. He's still, no, what I mean by that is, you know, he's, he's marking his way. He's trying to be systematic about it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these shows, they're not going to do that kind of stuff. And I like that little detail. We'll be right back. Ever wondered what it takes to make it in the movie business? Peel back the curtain with 4-6 Success Filmmaking. 4-6 Success Filmmaking is where filmmakers share their stories and the secrets. It's beyond competitive out there. There have been movies that it's taken me 10 years to get made. Don't wait to create. Like, you've got to just keep making stuff. Tune in to 4-6 Success Filmmaking for your dose of cinematic realness, direct from the voices that have lived it. Well, you know, I was thinking about Boyd a lot because, you know, he's Mr. Fish and Loaves, and I love that. And given what his training is in where it's like you show up on a location you're in the middle of the no of nowhere and you've got to manipulate your surroundings in order to organize things and he's really good at that so i'm sure in his career he found himself in some locations and he probably drew arrows on buildings so that he'd know how to get back to where base was you know if he was in a strange place but Sarah asks him, how do you know this doesn't just go in a big loop like the road? I don't like very, very strong point right there. Um, Because what if they were just walking around the periphery of this whole thing? You know, it's just a big circle or it's like the Truman show. True. (laughs) No, there is there is a lot of truth to the Truman show uh, analogy because we don't know what's going on. And. But to her, to his point, that's why you do the markings. So yeah. if you go around in a circle and you see the markings, okay, well, maybe we're in the same place where we started. Yeah, exactly. But he counters her question with an equally strong question. How do you know those voices aren't lying? And maybe two truths and a lie, you know, tells her that the two cars are coming. Um, you know, and she said that the thing was like the lie was she said they she was told that Nathan wouldn't die and he dies. I still, you know, when she calls him her brother, I just it's a little creepy. It's a little creepy. I don't see it. If anything, I wonder if he was like a foster brother, you know? Um, so when she asked him why he didn't put her in the box. He's like, I don't know why I didn't do it, but I think 
there's an inner voice in him. And I think that inner voice, his little Mr. Fish and Loaves, told him not to put her in that box. Because the way he collects supplies and things that they need, there's like an internal compass and an internal knowing of where to go look for these things. Some of it's learned, you know, um, you tend to find this over there and, you know, societies can be pretty much the same, you know, it's a group think kind of thing. But I think some of it is just that knowing piece of it, you know, but you know, they're, they're just going back and forth a little bit. And she comments on Ellis and tells her, tells her, tells him that she heard about the story, you know, about them coming and about Abby. And he just shuts her down. Yes, she does. Yes, he does. I mean, hard, like hard. So the one thing that I got out of that is that Boyd and Ellis and Abby were there. She came after Abby's mishap. Of course. Yeah. I mean, so in the and order of things, what I find interesting about their battle of wits, whatever you want to call it, Sarah's not a dumb girl no. or as naive as she's been acting. And it was nice to see them really face off. Yeah, because she's really more formidable than we thought she was. She's yeah. not some weak weakling. She's pretty strong. And I, I, she, to what you were saying, I think Boyd knows how to do, has a certain set of skills. And I, I go back to what I said in the last podcast from only gives the resources that they need. They needed it's, Boyd at that time. Yeah. They need Jim at this time. They need Jade at this time. They need Kenny's mom because she can cook at this or that type of person yeah. at this time. And that's what's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. I hope they explore that more. Uh, and, you know, I'll let you go back into what happens when they're on their track, because yeah. I think there's a couple of important things. Well, yeah, you know, they're, they're talking about different things. And, you know, she says that he reminds her of Nathan because Nathan would put others needs needs before his own. And right. that's what boy does. And I, you know what, every once in a while I go back to it and it's chilling when he's getting ready to go to dinner at the Matthews family's house and he right. looks in the mirror and just screams. That was the most horror. That's just, to me, that's one of the most, if it's not the most, it's one of the most horrifying things in the series. I, I just love Well, we've that. all been there. And if we haven't, um, that you're very lucky, but we've all been at that point in our life where you just need a good scream because life is just kind of <laughs> coming in and yeah. you got to let it out. Yeah. I mean, he he's Mr. Fish and Loves, but he's also the face and the strong man of the community and even he like donna which we're going to talk about a little bit later needs a needs a hot second to kind of have a pro you know they need to work out what they need to work out yeah exactly so 
you know, she also says that, you know, Nathan's theory was that if we push too hard um, to leave, that something will push back. And it's kind of like you get something and then you lose something. That's, that's the way I kind of heard it. But, you know, then they hear some clinking, like glass clinking in the tree. Yeah, that was freaky. It was very creepy because it kind of reminded me of like seeing the dog and the twigs breaking. Right. That kind of, you know, because that freaked me out too. I'm like, what aren't we seeing? There's something there, you know? This is another thing that I love about the fact that we're podcasting is that I am enjoyably forced to look at all these small little details. And I, I just really like it. So they find this tree and in the tree are all these bottles hanging. So I'm going to stop that right there. I'm going to put that on pause and I want to switch over and talk about Tabitha. Yes. And And I think it is related as well. Yeah. Yeah. So Tabitha, the the show starts with Tabitha. Yeah, it did start with Tabitha in the basement. She's in the basement and she's finished up digging for the day, the night, whatever. And she grabs her lantern and she starts walking up the stairs. Now, when she starts, she's walking up the wood slatted stairs. There w- and I had stairs like this in um, one of my houses growing up. And we were always terrified of those stairs because, you know, of going down because we were always afraid that someone would be grabbing our feet in the bat in the basement. You know? Oh, trust me. I lived in a hundred year old house. So you're, you're preaching yeah. to the choir. Yeah. Did you have a field stone basement? Um, we, uh, similar, we had, we had, it was, um, a smaller basement. You could stand in it, Yeah. but we also had the, in the, so you had a cellar door. Yeah. So we had the cellar door, but when you went down the stairs on either side, it was open. Yeah. Ours was too. With the railing. It wasn't, it wasn't what it was. There was no railing. It was like you hold on to the like ceiling. of. Yeah. I mean, it was structured to it because there was a railing, but it was still, ah, I mean, now that you think about it, it was, and it went on a little bit of a curve, but yeah, it was just super creepy growing up with a staircase like that. Our house had been next to the town hall at one point, and then they moved it. So the house was like 100 years old when we moved in, you know. But anyways, so she starts out and she's going up the stairs and it's, you know, the wood slats. She's got the white sneakers on and a pair of blue jeans. And what else do I have? Oh, a button down, um, a white T-shirt over a beige button down shirt. And the sneakers are white. And then as she climbs the stairs, um, they change to cement and the walls, well, the walls, when she starts climbing are like studded walls, you know, wood studded walls. And then all of a sudden they turn, turn to stone. And so she, the sneakers change real quick at that point, but they come back to the white because they change to like a tan with a white. And then mm-hmm. they come back to white and the, and the stairs start turning. Yeah. And so then like, um, she sees herself outside and the sky is blue. Right. 
And then you hear these horns going off and the best way to describe them. And if you're not, if you're not a game of Thrones fan, you won't know what I'm talking about, but when, um, you know, Jon Snow, Jon Snow is my true King, just by the way, I'm okay. just mentioning it, but anyway, um, Jon Snow on his side, he's, you know, got the wildlings and the, you know, um, the Knights of the Watch and whoever else, you know, they're fighting and then they're fighting, you know, the Ice King or the Night King, you know, right. and the mammoths and the giants and the horn, it's the horn they use to and call that's everybody. What she hears. Yeah. And she hears that sound and I'm like, oh my God. And I'm waiting. I'm like, where's Jon Snow? Well, <laughs> for him. those of you that don't know, and there are Game of Thrones fans on a separate note, um, there will evidently be a Jon Snow series spin-off. or something. Yeah. Spinoff. Yeah. So you're going to get your true king. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming, well, not us, but someone in the Podcastica family will definitely be covering that. Uh, I don't know about me, but anyway, when she's outside, she's wearing a blue button down over a gray T-shirt. Okay. So then we hear the, the sound. Um, and she ha- then we're back in the staircase, right? And um, she passes the circle top window and it's the window. It's there's no glass in it or anything. It's just open to the outside. She passes that. So she's on the curved staircase and it's the field stone walls. Again, she passes up the, the circle and when you look out the window, it's the night sky. So before she went out in the daylight, now it's the night sky and she's back in the staircase. She sees Ethan's toys. Now this is where it gets super interesting. She sees Ethan's toys. It's an old fashioned dump dump truck. Um, The monster finger puppets. Um, And there's one card, one playing card. Um, and then his book, which I'm thinking is the Cromenacle book. Was there an ambulance? I thought there was an ambulance. There was an ambulance because like when they go back to it a second time, they, sh- they go, they show it a little higher on the stairs right. and then there's an ambulance and so, the bottle. Well, hold on. We're not there yet. So oh, she I'm yells sorry. to him to pick up his toys. That's when, when she yells to him, that's when we see the ambulance and then this clear bottle, and it looks almost like an old soda bottle, falls down the stairs. Now, it's a piece of glass, and it's falling down a stone stairs. And it didn't break. And it didn't break, right? I noticed I, that's in my notes. It didn't break. It didn't break, right? And so then she asks, you know, like she knows someone's down there. She's like, can someone grab it, please? <laughs> and I'm like, Wait, I'm waiting for someone to say, got it, <laughs> right? So then the phone rings and she calls out for Jim. See, this is, this is now plugging into what's going on. The phone rings and she calls out for Jim. And then we hear a baby cries and she tells him to grab the kids. Um, and then sometimes wrong. What did I mean by that? Oh, something's wrong. Sorry. I can't, you know, can't read my writing something and something's wrong so obviously she's having a she's processing the loss of thomas in this sequence somehow 
So replaying what happened that morning. So then she gets to the landing and she sees a bunch of years scratched into the landing. Yeah, all hell breaks loose. And I actually wrote them all down. I did too. Okay. Do you want to read them? Yeah, I have 1506. Yep. I have 1609. Oh my God, you put them in order just like me. Yeah. I have 1672. Yep. 1723. 1720. I thought it was 1773. I couldn't tell. I thought it said 23. Okay. 1754. Mm hmm. 1888. And I thought it said 1883. Okay. Okay. 1931. Uh huh. 1978. Okay. So I'm going to jump into this list for a second. Well, let's put that list on hold for a second and let me just finish this, right? Okay. All right. So she looks up and Jim is hanging above her feet, feet to the ceiling. And he's dressed all in black and his mouth is open. And then we see the RV horn sound comes out and the RV crashes. And she wakes up in the house in her bed with Jim. And then the kids are in the next bed. So now we know that that was a dream. And I was like, I've had dreams like that. I have had dreams like that. Have you? Um, crazy like that? I've had batshit crazy dreams. That's yeah. for sure. But um, this is a little over the top. Yeah. But yes, it, it, there was a lot to this scene, I think, yeah. than, than were. I mean, you could watch that scene several times. And, and I did. I'm saying. And. It'll be interesting to see how important that scene is to the series. Well, I think that we got some important information when it comes to the years and where we're kind of like, was it 1723 or 1773, you know, and 1883 versus what did you think it was 1823? Uh, yeah, uh, 1723, 1846. 1888. No, 64. Oh, 1864. Yes. 1864. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I was looking at it and I'm like, okay. So I think that Jade has seen 1931 because I was thinking back to the time he ended up in the root cellar and a root cellar would have been a perfect place to hide uh, moonshine or bathtub bathtub gin or whatever because prohibition ran from 1920 to 1933 it ended on 1933 and that's why you see 33 on the bottles of rolling rock right so i was thinking about it because if you looked like that guy was trapped behind a big vat of something you know and Kind of looked like he could have had a 1930s haircut if you looked at him, you know. So my guess is that we've he's had a glimpse back to 1931. Now and we've already agreed and concluded that he now has we've got the year of 1864 when he saw the Civil War soldier. So if we flip back 
to Sarah and Boyd, Boyd looks in the bottle and all those bottles have something hanging in them. Yes, Sarah, there is messages. Yeah. Sarah doesn't want him to disturb the bottles, but he does anyway. So the bottle he pulls down has a piece of paper in it. And on the piece of paper is written 1864. So all the bottles have a slip of paper in them. This one looked like it might have been written on newspaper. And, you know, we're going back to 1509. Well, the printing press was around. So, you know, it could be a broadside or something like that that's in one of those bottles. But there's far more bottles there than years that were revealed to uh, Tabitha. Um, My only question is, do you think the people that we thought were 60-ish looking, I'm assuming they're more the 1930s now, the milkman, the, the monsters? I think so. But the thing is, we haven't really seen anyone, you know, back in the 1800s or 1600s. Well, or, we know. saw we saw the, fir- the first monster uh-huh. was an older woman that dressed in black. Now, she could be probably any period, but yeah. she certainly was not 1979. She could be 1888 all the way back. Again, you I'd know, have to see her dress. I mean, she she was it was an older looking dress with yeah. an older looking woman. I'd, I'd have to see her dress to be certain. But um, it is it, it is an interesting question now that you yeah. have these dates. And yeah. now that we know a little bit more about that, it's like we almost want to do a rewatch just to see the monsters, just to see how it all fits in with the, these dates. That's a whole thing. That's a whole nother podcast. Dude, now I'm like, all right, how can I talk myself onto that set on a monster day so I can see what the costumes are? Yeah, right. I mean, I'm really good at keeping secrets, as you know, right now, because I wouldn't tell you what production I'm working on. (laughs) I kind of don't know, but I can't tell you anyway. (laughs) Even if she did know, she couldn't tell me, but she doesn't know because she's not she doesn't even know what's going on. I do respect the NDA. Just saying. But I would. This is a set I'd really like to go to. Most of them, it's like, hey, you know, they're really cool. Some of them are cooler than others. Way cooler. Doom Patrol is amazing. But um, yeah, this one. I mean, yeah, this one I'd like to see on a monster day. Just to see, you know, like just to have my own curiosity solved. And I would keep it to myself. So anyway, Sarah starts freaking out and having one of her attacks and, you know, she seizes the whole thing and she tells him that the female says the voice was female and was screaming that she was wrong, that there are worse things out there than the monsters and um, tell Mr. What the heck did I write? Oh, tell Mr. Fish and Loaves I was wrong. So now it's like, what does she mean? 
what does right. that message mean exactly? exactly um because did she have a message for for boyd did i mean we haven't seen her give him a message you know they've had some chit chat back and forth but not like the voices said this or the voices said that you know she gave a message to father katri you know to prove you know she says they said that there were two cars coming but it's not like she went up to boyd before that happened she didn't yeah she makes a good point of so a good point of not telling anybody anything yeah <laughs> i mean she starts out the show by killing somebody yeah i mean there was a great opener no no i understand but she kills a couple of people and she gets away with it and you know we're not talking about the most sane person in the world well she's troubled and i think she was troubled before she landed here but i think that you know, we all have different psychological makeups. And I think that she might have had the makeup of a prophet so that she would heed the messages. Doesn't mean that when she delivers it, she'll be believed, but, you know, she would heed them. So the, the other problem with messages are they can be interpreted in many different ways. Oh, yes. And oh, that's yes. the biggest thing. And I, and I know you talked about it, but Boyd makes a good, good uh, conclusion. Are these message? Are you, are you believing these messages? Are they right? Are is yeah. this the right path? Whatever. Yeah. But, but he knows she's got, it. she could have information. She could be the key. And, and, but, you know, at the same time, she does seize when she gets to the bottle. So that does mean something. Yeah, we don't yeah. know yet, but it does mean something almost like you're on the right path in a way, maybe, or you're on a path. But they settle in for the night in the tent with the talisman hanging above them. And all of a sudden activity takes place. Yeah, that wasn't scary at all. No, you know what? I just rolled right over. I was out in a second. <laughs> and then I was up for 40 hours. <laughs> that was that that was a little freaky. That oh was almost God. as freaky as the the Winnebago. Yeah. Oh, 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 gosh. Just watching that one guy with the sideburns walking by. Oh, please don't. I, I have enough. He's the creepiest person on TV. No, that was a no. You're talking about the guy, the, the, the monster. Guy. Yeah, the Tic Tac monster. But no, this was another guy who looked like um, the rifleman almost. I can't think of that actor, but. Oh, jo uh, Jonathan Connor. Yeah. So just the tent being dragged. Oh, I know. It's it was so and they didn't show anything. No, that's the terrifying part of it. They don't show. Anything. I mean, I'm pretty mad them. about it. I'm pretty mad about it because I Why? you want to know. But in terms of writing, it was great. It was phenomenal because, I mean, I'm a little. I, I listened to too many true kind true, true crime podcasts sometimes. And, you know, Israel Keys used to set upon people, you know, in national parks and stuff. 
I don't feel totally safe <laughs> you know, about going camping like that. I think I need some kind of door I can lock, even if it's the fault security of a Winnebago. But well, um, I just want to thank you because we're going camping in the fall. And now you've just basically terrified the crap out of me. And I was good, like watching the show. But now you got to bring that up. And now I'm just like, let's go camping. Yeah, maybe not. Thanks. Dude, just don't get a tent. Get a Winnebago. But, oh, because that really worked out well. <laughs> Stay I, away from trees in the road. Just don't go anywhere. Just put yourself in, in bubble wrap and don't leave your house. Yeah, Thanks. That's what I do every day. Oh. But it was just like in the, the talisman falls and then he puts it back up and just like it was awesome. It was yeah, it was awesome. great. It was great. It, it was a great. Uh, episode and I mean great moment and I will say this is what we were looking for from the beginning and I'm glad that they waited to do it because the payoff was so good if they had done it earlier in the season it would have made it good but then it would have told a different story yeah but Think about what had to be dragging them, the strength of whatever that was, because, all right, Sarah, probably barely, maybe about a hundred pounds, but Mr. Fish's low fish and loaves is probably a solid 170. So the guy is dragging, you know, almost 300 pounds, probably 300 pounds with gear that they have in there. And not even, it doesn't even phase them. Didn't phase them. Didn't stop them. Didn't whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. All right. So um, let's talk about Donna. Oh, she had a good episode. Donna had a good episode. We saw many sides of Donna. And um, it's nice to see that Donna, you know, is so introverted. Yeah. Yeah. She's she really quiet, stay at home type, but. Oh, my God. She's working through her grief because like what we come to find out is that she's fallen in love with what she's established at Colony House. Well, it's her baby. Yeah. I mean, she's all bark, 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 but it's just trying to keep people in line. People love her for it. They know she's got the soft underbelly. You know, it's just, but they're also afraid of her, but they love her. But, you know, the first time we see her, she's talking about Mr. I know it all. And, you know, Donna's been really good to him. And she's really good about playing make-a-believe about him being groovy. You know, like she has tolerated that guy, you know? Well, they have a lot of history. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) know. I'm open Donna has more or less stayed celibate in the house if he's the choice. But at any rate, um, he's got, you know, that triangle necklace. If the people that have gotten stuck there, well, maybe, maybe he found it there in storage and decided to put it on. But if the people came from different eras were still alive, I wonder who, well, we know Victor's the oldest been there the longest and he's definitely aged up from a little boy so it's not like times 
you know, stand still, but um, let's see. She's just, she has a, a shock. And I think what, like one of the inhabitants of the colony house, she finds hanging in the bathroom. Eric. Yeah. Eric hung himself yeah. after the scene before she had talked to him and was like, Hey, how you doing? And he's like, Oh, this is just my, my face. And he was just kind of going through the motions, hang, yeah. hung himself and she went to pieces. Yeah. And I think that it affected a lot of people because Chrissy also had a little breakdown about it with, with Kenny yeah. because he had psoriasis. He'd come in for some medication. They had a little moment, you know, friendly moment and away you go. So yeah. they used to talk and it just goes to show you how relationships are built in this world. Yeah. Because I think an underlying belly, not to change the subject is they are family, but you know, Jim is all about getting home. Yeah. And yes, everybody is about getting home, but Donna and the people that have been there for a while are like, I mean, she even says the monsters, at least, you know, the monsters are here in front of you rather than behind who they are. They show you who they are. So I, I look at Donna as red in Shawshank Redemption in the yeah. sense that in from she's an important person. She knows her way around it. If she goes back to reality or whatever you want to call it, she's just some other person. She's not as important. And that's yeah. kind of the thing that um, you, her biggest thing is, well, what if this doesn't work? It's going to crush everybody. But I got to tell you something. As much as it's going to crush everybody, they're there already. So what's the big deal? I mean, to me, it's like, if it works, great. If it doesn't, great. But, you well, know, because if it doesn't work, there could be a bunch of Eric's hang hanging all over the place. Yeah, but that's the thing, you know, like, I mean, she has a point. You you have to be careful about building people's hopes up too high because they're all desperate people. They're all they. The people in Colony House may have found a, a middle where they can exist. But, you know, some people down in the town, they're just, you know, they're getting through each day, but they all want to go home. They miss their people. They miss their lives. They, they might miss their But then you look at Jim, who's an engineer, and he kind of put the nail on the head. Hey, if this doesn't work, we keep working the problem until it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the attitude I think I hope I would have. Yeah. is it's not if it's when yeah yeah so the thing is like she's crying over possibly the loss of the innocence and in quotation marks innocence of colony house because you know how you have a thing and it's working really well and it's everyone's happy let's like Shangri-La and then all of a sudden an event happens and it's never the same again and I think maybe what she's saying when she says to Jim be careful about getting these people's hopes up 
is that, look, I was happy. Look, at, I, I, I thought I could build something and it would be forever or whatever. And it's gone now. How do I make that again? You know, I think what it was doing was taking her mind off the loss of her sister. I mean, watching her sister die, it wasn't just her sister dying. It was her sister being ripped to shreds right in front of her. And she couldn't do anything. And she ran away. And no one could condemn her from running away other than herself. So I, I think that, you know, that has a lot to do with it. The other and- note that I had about that was, you know, when she started losing her her mind, yeah. you know, it was over wood and she took the ax and just started pounding in the floor at Colony yeah. House. And yeah. you know, that was the beginning of the breakdown. Uh, yeah. And you know what? I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but Meet Me in St. Louis, it stars Judy Garland. Oh, I, I've seen it years ago. Okay. So, but you know, when it's like their last night, night in St. Louis before moving to New York and Tootie gets upset and she goes down and she breaks up all the snowmen and, you know, she doesn't want to go. That's what it reminded me of. Right. You know? Um, but Kenny comes in to talk to her and she's like, I don't want to talk to you, you know, cause Kenny is starting to put on the mantle of really being the sheriff here. Well, she said, she put, she puts it right into his face. You know, now that you think you're sheriff, you're going to give me some advice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the next time we see her, she's over at the bar. She's With our favorite never, bartender. Yeah. She's never been in there before. And um, basically because she's not a uh, potato vodka fan, <laughs> but she's desperate now enough. And, you know, Tom is there and he's keeping her company. And then Kenny comes in to check on her. And so, you know, she's just talking about how, you know, this was a magical place at one time. And this is where they're having the conversation about, you know, not getting people's hopes up. And I think maybe, you know, it could have been more about her not getting her hopes up, you know? Of course. I mean, there's always a little truth in what everybody says. And I think that she definitely, as much as she doesn't want to go home or does want to go home, it's a, it's a big leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. But what it, and she she makes she has this interesting thing she says and Ethan says the same thing she's talking about in the middle of this god-awful place where they are hunted night after night and knowing that not only that They know they're being hunted, but they can talk to each other about being hunted. And they watch people that they get attached to being ripped to shreds and screaming, 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 the whole thing. And she has the audacity to find happiness in this place. And it could be that what she said was, at least they show you who they are. We're out, how many times? I mean, gosh, just scroll through Facebook. Right. You know, 
this person was like doing this, that, and the other thing. And then they turned, it's like, they're two faced, you know, you don't know who your friends are. That's what you see a lot on Facebook, you know, and here she is in a place where the only thing they really have to fear are these monsters and they know what they are or for the most part, what they are. They know when they're coming. It's all up front. You know, there's something to be said for that. And then there's Ethan who, you know, he's sitting around with his mom and he's sitting there with Julie and they're looking at all the pictures, all of Victor's pictures in there. Which is, you know, Sunday morning viewing. (laughs) And they're trying to put them in order, you know, or make sense of these pictures. And, you know, Ethan says like, you know, there's a story here. Yes. These pictures tell a story and all we have to do is figure them out, you know, put them in a certain order. And once we figure it out, then we'll know what to do next, you know? And, and it's like, He's got the answer to everything. He's like, you know, it's just a quest. This is what it is. Like you put the clues together and then all of a sudden, like, you know what you're supposed to do. And, you know, he, his mom, he just says, you know, why couldn't we do this when we were at home? Well, let's just backtrack for one second. You know, his mom comes upstairs or is in the kitchen and yeah. they're looking at the pictures and it's just not a good scene. And Ethan is just trying to put, make sense of it. And yeah. then she decides to say, we're going to play a game. Yeah. And she thinks of this game. When I, when I go home, I, and she starts first and she wants to go to Giavelli's Giavelli's and order this, this and that. No, I want to order everything. Yeah. No, and no. Twice. Two of everything. Two of everything. <laughs> And then she asks Julie and reluctantly she says she wants to call her friends. Yeah. But the thing that I love more than anything is yeah. Ethan just wants to be happy like they are here. That's the thing. No, I know. And, yeah, and that's the thing. Like he, they are happy there. And even Julie says it. Yeah. Is that they're they're in a better place now than they've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe from, you know, is a way to get people to reconcile themselves for something or try to fix, have people work out their problems and fix what they need to fix. Yeah. Um, Again, we'll talk about that later, but the, the fact is that, that was that was a, a fun scene or I don't know if it was important, but I think no, it was it is important. You know, I don't think they put any waste in here. Yeah, they don't. I, I think mean, this is very lean meat. I think that, you know, Julie does a. Does a good job of. Injecting herself back into the family. Yeah. After I think we're starting to see a kid that's finally happy. Well, she also understands she's lived on both sides. Yeah. You know, she's lived alone. She's lived with the family. Hey, the family's looking pretty good right now, even though she has to live there, but she's getting along. I think because they're all experiencing 
an emotional shift that she's finding a place, you know, like she doesn't want to feel separated from them. She doesn't want to torment her little brother, you know, with her stories of, you know, the monsters. Yeah. Well, there's bigger monsters than the ones she can come up with. Yeah. Um, You know, the, the, the next thing that I, I, I like to dovetail with is Jade and Jim. And Jade has a very interesting uh, story this week. Yeah. He, he starts out with Jim and, you know, Jade is not a dumb guy. Really? <laughs> and no, I'm just saying he's not a dumb guy. He's a pompous ass, but yeah, he's, he's not a dumb guy. Inept. And and, you know, when you look at him and Jim, it's it's really verbal ping pong. Sparring. Yeah. yeah. And Jade knows where Jim's coming from. Jim knows where Jade's coming from, but they can't communicate. They can and they can't. Well, they both speak the, the language of problem solving. But, but they, this is the problem. They don't have enough power to power the antenna. Right. And so, yeah, they're using car batteries. Or you, and then he's like, well, we can charge them up with the cars. Well, there's only so few, so much fuel. So yeah. we're wasting one resource to another. And, you know, Jade really wants to solve this problem. So does Jim. No, I'm just saying, he, yeah. you know, he's a fixer. Yeah. And but you've he, got him. He's the type that gets obsessed. With right. Solving a problem. But. Right after that scene is the scene with Alice and Jim that I talked about where Jim says, hey, it's just a matter of time before we get the solution. If right. this doesn't work, you know, and it was nice yeah. to see Alice and him talk because they don't I don't think they've really had too many scenes together. No, I don't think so either. Um, but what I, I think, like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think the, it, it's kind of like characters come in because they have a reason to be there, you know, so you know, Alice's whole point was to come in, bring him the coil. And Jim just says, you know, as an engineer, there's always a way we will figure it out. You know, it like, you know, me every week, I think I've harped on him being an engineer. Right. All they do is they have a systematic way of solving a problem. Jade has an intuitive, emotional way of solving a problem. He just has to ruminate on it in long enough until he gets this spark of inspiration and the answer appears. And he does get that spark. Right. And just a pre-note about where we're going. Um, Kenny and his mom are talking about Jade. Yeah, I know. I love that. It was, you know, he's telling his mom what everyone's doing and She's like, you know, she tells him, I don't like him because he's selfish and is lady lazy. And he's like, that's what you say about the people that you like the most. And she's like, yep. (laughs) But see, she's the best because I love her. She's a mom. She's she's like Donna in a way because she runs the kitchen and she's got her pulse on everything for a lady that doesn't speak very good English. But she knows what's going on. That's oh, my God. Thing. She knows everybody's yeah. laundry. She has yeah. everybody's number. And I just yeah. love that she loves Jade. 
I think they are like the perfect couple, you know, so he goes and she's in there cooking. He's complaining while she's like, you know, doing everything, you know, and no one understands him. He's a genius and he'll figure it out, you know, and there's so much pressure that everyone assumes that he can do it. He doesn't give off that air. And I'm like, you know, it's like he lets everyone know that he's going to do it. You know, and he calls Jim Mr. Teacup with the big white horse and the big blue eyes and don't smoke weed, you degenerate. <laughs> he's just in there like. <laughs> well, he's all pissed off because somebody took his uh, bed. Yeah. And, it, you know, he was like a little boy. Oh, yeah. well, they're supposed to be in Colony House. They made their decision. They need to be there. Right. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. You know, be a little flexible. Yeah. But. But, you know, Kenny's mom gives Jade the answer. Well, yeah, but before, not before she's like, she screams, you complain so much. Complain, complain. You stop complaining. Like, I love this woman. Right? It's just they, you need they, electric. And she switches the lights on and off. He needed the light to go on in his head. You know, and uh, amazing. And she's yelling at him and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he says, the problem is you can't plug in anything. And that's when she's switching the lights on and off. And then he gets it. Hopefully they can figure it out. Shit, I know how to do it. And the thing is, when he said that, I knew. But right now, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Good, because I'll tell you in a week. Well, or tell me in a week. Yeah, we, we can tell each other. Um, all right. So where are we going next? Um, why don't we talk a little bit more about Kenny since we're at with the mom? Okay. Um, you know, Kenny is right during that conversation. Her her his mom's like, be a good sheriff, do the bell. Gets yeah. everybody there, yeah. um, sees Christy. They talk about they talk about the hanging. Um, you know, Kenny is trying to fill Boyd's shoes the yeah. best way he can. And the best but, way he can is he's also bringing himself into it. Absolutely. He's a lot more caring than Boyd was. Not that Boyd isn't caring. It's just yeah. he has a different approach. That's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, he has a much different approach. And people look at him as a baby. Because he does have that baby face, but but I don't think man. so much anymore. Well, Donna, know? yeah, and you know he has the conversation with Donna, which we talked about. He has the conversation with Christy, and he's just trying to keep it all together. His main focus is we have to stay together. We have a common goal. Let's do it and move on. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think he's in a good place. He's in a lot better place than a lot of other people. Yeah. Um, what I also find very interesting to shift gears a little bit is that Fatima has a completely different take on what is going on. You know, yeah. she's talking about going home as a bad thing. Why? Because it'll never be the same. 
you know, will too much where, yeah, they've seen too much. They have these relationships. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, Donna and a bunch of other people have those same views. A lot of people from the colony house because they had such a good life. Yeah. They made such a good life. I should say. Yeah, they, they did. I mean, even if they went back found their brand new colony house and tried to carry on like that, they still wouldn't be able to. It wouldn't be the same. There's a certain air of magic that they have there that they're not, you know, like you can't recreate those things. Right. It's Shangri-La for a very short period of time or for as long as it is. And then it's not anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I What's just your... have two more things. And okay. I think you, you well, one thing now, because you, you got that one. Um, yes, we're playing. I, the podcast is called Stump Lizzie. Is it? If I can come up with one point that you haven't thought of, I win. Okay. Well, can you? No. Okay. <laughs> I haven't won yet. Uh, <laughs> um. A brief note. Come here. Well, Julie and Jim talk, and they're talking yes. about the progress of the the tower. And he's telling her that it's shaping up. You know, she tells him that they were supposed to come here because they never talked when they were home, and now they're together again. And she quotes Fatima. Remember, you know, that first night in Colony House when they're looking out the window, Fatima and Julie, and she says, you know, look up at the sky and it's gorgeous. I actually took a picture of that frame because I'm like, I want to try and paint that. I know I can't, but I think it's a pretty neat picture. And, you know, Fatima says, if you climb up high enough that the nightmare looks like a dream. Because down on the ground, that's where all the monsters are. But up in the sky, you've got this gorgeous moon with Venus hanging there. Yes. And um, so she asks him to come down in the basement and help her dig. And they go down the basement. And as they go down, the ceiling light in the hallway starts flickering. Right. Um, So let's see. I wanted to mention that. You mentioned Fatima. Um, and that might be everything. And I think we can move on to mysteries and then notes. Oh, wait a minute. Nope. One more thing. So I had this note about, um, this note about Victor and remember we saw the picture of Boyd coming out of the that he drew coming out of the woods with the goat right and then later on we see it you know in reality happening so was the picture drawn before or after and that was my question about victor is he drawing these pictures after seeing them or is he drawing these pictures as he perceives them in his mind and then they come to pass so I don't know what 
what it is, you know? Um, yeah. The only vote, the only uh, notes I had for Victor is uh-huh. first off, where is Victor and yeah. why are these pictures so important? Um, and is Ethan the smartest person in from, because he's the only one that gets that it's a story or it's a quest. It's a quest. Yeah. So that, yeah. I think, you know, how they say, you know, out of the mouths of babes, right? Right. Sometimes it takes a simple point of view or an unlearned point of view in order to solve a problem. You know, he, he does, he did what I teach when I'm teaching algebra okay, or chemistry and you're trying to find an answer to something, you take every single thing that you know, then you figure out the one thing that you don't know and you solve for that. So he's like, we got to put these in order. It tells a story. Once we figure it out, we'll know what to do. Right. So that's where he's at with things. Um, and I think that is it. So Great. the mysteries I have really is to talk very briefly about the town. Okay. Um, I want to kind of take note of the cars. Didn't see too many cars, but what I did notice this time is that it's the new model yellow Volkswagen bug. And kind of remember when they first came out, yellow was like the most common color. Right? Yeah. There's a blue Subaru Forest Forester. Um, then there's an overturned, rusted, and I think it's a white pickup. It could be a scout, but I'm not sure. Um, then there's an old rusted white short school bus. So I kind of wanted to take note of the different cars that we have in town. So the Forester, fairly modern, um, depends. What did they come out like maybe 20 years ago? Yeah, maybe. Maybe 90s. Um, the white pickup or the Scout. 70s um that school bus probably 70s so anyway that's that's what i have for that um and then my notes just one note i'm sure you're relieved okay um you know i've done background (laughs) so i can't help it i do look at background when they had a bunch of background walking into the diner, I noticed that one of the background ladies had a stain on the back of her pants right on her bum. Wow. <laughs> too much. It had to be said. I'm sorry, Alex. It just had to be said. Hey, listen, you know, that's why these people listen into this podcast to yeah. get this kind of detail. You don't get it at the other podcast. But just like, sorry. No, my my only mystery is why is that that car in the pool and how did it get there? Maybe. Um, I just would love to see the backstory on it. Yeah, and maybe we'll see it. Yeah, exactly. 
you know? Uh, um, okay. So that's it. And I just have one note from the sheriff. Okay. Or news from the sheriff. And I had, you know, before the podcast, I set my phone up so that I could just turn it on and it would be there. Didn't work, but here it is. Okay. This is from the from slash epics Facebook page and Kitty Cantrell posted this. I might be coming in in the middle. Darn it. I lost it again. All right. It doesn't take long to, to find, but anyway, I don't know what the original post said, um, but it was about Jade. And this is why I picked it because I know how much you love Jade. I love Jade too. So um, I think it's Terry Barbella says, isn't it amazing? He gets under your skin. And then Rachel Williams says, the actor was on the Vampire Diaries, which means he was in Georgia near me down in Covington. Um, I was happy to see him in a bigger role now. I started to watch Vampire Diaries. I need to go back. And then Nurian Yanwari says, let's get the season two on the road. Couldn't agree more. And then Jennifer Ryan said, that poor bastard when he thought he was being punked. And then Jessica Murray said, I hated him at first, but he grew to be my favorite. He's one of those characters, you know, he gets under your skin. And then um, Gilbert Warda, and this is the last one I have. I loved him from the start and he made me laugh many times when he thought it was a big prank. So that's my news from the sheriff. I don't know if that counts as news, but it certainly counts as hot gossip. And that's what it's all about. Um, I think that that is, oh, geez, we do have some listener buzz. We do have two phone calls. Um, one is from Steve Brown, which is, uh, episode eight and then episode nine. Uh, Uh, so let's take a look at that first. Oh, and I see Jody's back. Jody is back. But let's first play Mr. Steve. You didn't hear any of that? No. Okay, good. That makes me feel so much better. How about we try this? Share sound. Did you hear it or no? Oh, I heard everything. Okay. Well, do you think it recorded? No. How about we try it now? All right. All right, folks. We have two voicemails. um, And one is coming from Steve Brown for episode eight and nine. Steve Brown. Downtown Steve Brown. Here you go. Hello, Lizzie and Alex, uh, for from or what the TF is from. I don't know. What's the name of the podcast? Anyway, it, this is Steve. Uh, I'm trying to get caught up here. So I'm, I, I'm watching eight and then I'm going to live Steve nine when I finish eight. Um, yeah. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Got to interject from episode eight. That guy's the fucking worst. 
I'm kidding to Jay about Jade. <laughs> okay, here I am now. I'm starting episode nine. What? You're following your best hunch both <laughs> on that? Okay, these subtitles are coming way too fast. I can barely catch what's being said between Kenny and his mom. Okay, what did she just find? Oh my goodness, Tabitha. Wow, and that's just the cold intro. Oh my goodness. I feel like I should have been watching these credits all the way through. Have they changed them, the, the opening credits I'm talking about? Dang, Eric's not coming because he hanged himself. It is different when you come back from either deployment to a war zone or... Like, I did two tours in Korea. I remember coming back after both of those. And, you know, for me, a year, time had stopped. And I expected everything to be the same. But, of course, it wasn't. Um, and so I just had to deal with the fact that, that a year has passed, that I have no clue what happened. Wow, the finish of the story. I just hope the finish of the story is not ever being dead. <laughs> I love Donna. One of the things I loved about Boyd was he minded his own biz- business. I'm sorry that I missed live seating episode 8 because there's some things that I might have commented on that I don't want to bring up now. Wow, Donna has layers. And Kenny ringing the bell. Oh, oh, celiacs is no joke. I had a coworker that has celiacs. Oh, crap. Is the talisman going to work or not? I guess we'll find out in the next episode. Steve, you never disappoint. And thank you so much for not only giving us an excellent uh, live, Steve, but just doing what you do best, which is commenting on a wonderful episode. Um, Now from our international desk down under, um, let's hear what Jody has to say about this episode. Hi, Alex and Lizzie. It's Jody calling in from the international desk. Uh, I just finished listening to your podcast on episode eight, and I really enjoyed hearing your thoughts and theories. Uh, Lots of questions coming up, not so many answers. The only thing I wanted to say about episode eight was the whole we got you a boat scene with Boyd and his family was just soul crushingly adorable. And also I loved your thoughts about Donna. And I just wanted to emphasize like she's just legit casually picking up body parts putting them in a wheelbarrow, <laughs> like, she, like it's nothing. It's Sunday morning. She's an incredible woman. Uh, so I thought I would call in with some thoughts on episode nine, and I promise to only give you the important thoughts this time instead of all of my other rubbish. <laughs> so keeping on focus. We're oh, joking. what's happening here? It looks like Abby's having a bit of a vision as she comes up the stairs. What is going on? Oh, she's hearing her baby cry. Why is she being shown this? What does this mean? Oh my God, Jim's dead. Upside down dead. Oh my God. Oh, she was just asleep. Thank God. Okay, it was a dream. Sorry, erase all of that. Oh, Donna (laughs) just found the guy who hung himself. I'm I'm kind of surprised this doesn't happen more often, to be honest. Pulled the ripcord, escape hatch. Donna's got to feel so bad about this though, because she also picked up that something was wrong with him and she didn't pursue it. She just believed him that everything was okay. Like, I'm just going to say it. Jim is sexy, man. He's sexy building this tower. Oh, my God, Jody! yes. So Sarah's screaming about being able to hear people in her head. I'm wondering if this is the people. I'm wondering if she can hear the people who have died in her head. If you've died in the down, 
your voice is in Sarah's head. So Jade's in the kitchen with Kenny's mom ranting about everything. And yes, he acknowledges how freaking sexy Jim is too. Thanks, Jade. I know I was right. Oh, so that little light flare when Jim and his daughter are going downstairs kind of makes me feel like it's an indication that they're being watched, maybe? I wonder if the dates on the papers that Boyd has found in the bottles match up with the dates that were on the stairs yes. from uh, the, the wife's dream. Uh, I can't remember her name. What the everlasting fuck is happening right now? This tent is being goddamn dragged. What the hell? Okay, three thoughts. Number one, this is very Blair Witch Project. Number two, if this is the monsters dragging them to like a secret cave, they are so screwed. They're dead. And number three, if it's someone else, then they have, we all have more problems than we thought because that just is a whole another box of dead worms. Oh my God. Dead worms. Okay, tent stop. They might be dead now. Are they dead? Could Sarah get any creepier? She's so creepy. So I don't really have any like major theories of that, but I do think somehow they're being watched just like the light flickering in Jim's house kind of after they were like, yeah, let's go dig a hole. I feel like they're all being monitored and the tent being dragged when Boyd and Sarah were at a critical point in their journey. Again, I feel like they're being watched. I feel like there's something watching them and either setting them up for failure or success. I don't know. But also I think the whole dragging of the tent thing, I really feel like there might be another force at work here. Like maybe the force talking to Sarah, if it is like, the dead people in the town and their spirits are hanging out and being like, Sarah, shit's going down. I'm warning you. I, I don't know. Against the monsters. It's a bit far-fetched. I don't know what's going on and I need more answers than this. So can someone please call the producers and tell them that I need more answers than this? That'd be great. Thanks guys. Bye. We will do that right away. And I think we already did that. And they said, they're filming soon, so deal with it. Yeah. You know what? I, I just have a couple of things to add because she made me. And by the way, thanks, Jody. That was fabulous. And Steve, um, they were both wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And Steve, thanks for your service. And I don't mean that like I mean it so sincerely. She made me think of a couple of things. And now I hope I can remember. <laughs> the one right. thing that she made me think of yeah. is are the monsters the soldiers and whatever this thing is that moved them around is like the main guy or the main creature. I don't know. Like what if whoever is pulling them one is pissed because he disturbed one of the bottles. True. And then two is a woman. Okay. Remember she said it was a female voice. Yes. Oh, yes. That's awesome. You're like, yeah, okay, Lizzie. No, well. Female empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. Go women. <laughs> God knows we've got more empowerment on this show than we do in real life. Yeah. <laughs> I deem it so. I think that it does give you some food for thought. And I think that we do have some more ants. I mean, more questions than answers. I'm fine with it. And I can't wait for to while well, watching the season finale. I know listeners of the podcast have already watched it or are with bated breath waiting for our next podcast because I know I am. Yeah. To to see what happens. Do you want to talk about any special news that we might have? 
we have some news, but I'm not going to spill it all. Okay, so spill what you can. All right, yeah. I just want to make sure I have it in hand before we spill it. But at any rate, I, I, Alex and I have been talking, you know, I think maybe to keep us connected or whatever, we're going to do some podcasts here and there, you know, maybe once a month we'll come up with something, but we want to run. I am, I love running a contest and I love having prizes, but I can't promise any prizes until I actually have them. When I do, we will formalize this contest. Well, what's it, what the prizes are going to be folks is my daughter's going to draw the pictures. She's seven and nothing says needing some definite therapy than a, a ripped up chest drawing of that, or, you know, somebody on a stake or whatever it is, She's yeah. good. Those are the prizes. And you get the whole book. You know, if you get the yeah. whole set, you get a free set of steak knives. You know what? I just thought of another contest. Oh, geez. <laughs> I don't think you'll have enough time, but we should have people draw a picture from from that Victor hasn't already drawn. And it has to be done in crayon. Okay in your best kid hand. It cannot be this like well-drawn adult, you know, crayon drawing. Use your, use your left hand if you're righty and use your right hand if you're lefty. Whatever it takes. I think we should do that. Let's. I, I think that's a great contest. Yes. I think that you can definitely send it to podcastica.com because I know Jason couldn't wait to see all that good stuff. <laughs> but let's tete-a-tete. Okay. And um, we will finalize the rules and the, the due date and all that stuff. And we'll get back to you with our finale podcast. That sound good, Alex? It sounds wonderful. Okay. To keep this going, first off, I know there's a couple of from Facebook groups that are very active and they're thirsting for more from, but they're also thirsting for some other different shows out there. And I'd love to keep the conversation going. I'd love to hear what other people think. Cause you know, what we think is one thing, cause we kind of know each other in terms of the way we're going with this podcast, but we could be missing a lot. And I'd love to hear, I'd love to get that conversation going and hopefully we can have podcasts down the road leading up to the next season to um, address the what ifs, what's yeah. going to be expected. What, what is this place? What did you think of certain episodes or whatever? So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I love the, uh, the drawing contest. We can maybe make a calendar. <laughs> oh my God. I think that would be great. I th- we, yeah. All right. We're going to, we're going to talk about this. We, we, we have, going- there'll be mugs, there'll be calendars, there'll be shirts. We're going to make, we're going to, this is going to be like space balls, the flamethrower. The okay. kids love that one. Okay. This sounds good. All right. So um, let's see. That's what I had for announcements. Good. We're going to do our best to get the next one out in a timely manner. <laughs> that much I can tell you. 
So again, Jody, thank you so much. I still am floating on your review. Um, and just if you're looking for something to read that is like a fast, you know, fast and fast paced um, read, it's my book, Lizzie's Lost Girls. It is set in the zombie apocalypse. I like it. I forget I write it when I go back and reread it looking for problems. But at any rate, so that's our show. And we thank you so much for your patience. And we thank you so much for listening. Again, you know, we've had a lot of positive feedback from some different people, a couple of uh, people associated with the show. And I can't wait to uh, hear what people think. And if you like the podcast, you can always hit the subscribe button, hit five stars because four is just four leaves me wanting more. Exactly. Also, if you want to write in or leave a message, you can find our contact information at podcastica.com. Yes. So while you're there, be sure to check out the other shows because Jason always has something going on there. Um, I know they're doing uh, Kingdom, which oh, is right. the zombie it's a Korean zombie Korean show. zombie. And it's the second season. They're doing the last two episodes of Stranger Things, which but I don't know if you've saw. It's not one of my favorite topics, although I'm contemplating watching this last season because two of my kids were in the lab. Well, all I can say is this. It was satisfying. It okay. makes you thirsty for more. I know next season is the last season of it. And if you get a chance, Rima and um, I think it's Rima and Paik, but I. Yeah, it's Rima and Paik. They're killing it. Um, yeah. I haven't had a chance to listen to these last two episodes because I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them to get done. And then I'm listening to because I already saw it. So next week, we're going to be covering the season finale, season one, episode 10 Oh, the places we will go. And I can't wait to see where we're going. We got a lot of stories that got to get wrapped up. So let's see what happens. So, you know, here's hoping you don't find yourself in a tent getting dragged to the woods in the middle of the night with your family, Alex. So, um, all right, that's our show. <laughs> thanks for listening. And thanks for terrifying me. And by the way, Kenny is ringing the bell. So you better get your ass home before he puts your ass in the jail or the box. You complain too much. <laughs> <laughs>